Here we are locked on NFL alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's show, we will be recapping all of Sunday's action. We've got a lot of games to get to, but Matt, we also have a big trade that just came down. So let's jump into it. Leonard Williams staying in New York, but traveling from the Jets to the Giants, very rare trade here between the New York teams. Doesn't happen a lot. A third and fifth round pick for a guy whose contract is expiring. He's on his fifth year option year right now for the Jets. Goes to the Giant from the Gi- from the Jets to the Giants. Very interesting. Yeah, I imagine his family's happy about it. They don't have to move. You know, just keep the same spot where you're at, same neighbors at least for this one more year. Um, he is a free agent after the season. So I think we talked about this when we were talking about potential trade candidates last week, though, that I think he might be at the level that if you trade for him, don't get an extension done, that you franchise him. Because otherwise, this doesn't make any sense to the Giants. Because they're not, it's not like we're Leonard Williams away from making the Super Bowl, going to the Super Bowl or anything. I'm sure the Jets look at it like, well, we'll probably would we would have got a third for him in free agency. Now we get the Giants third, which is earlier. It's a year early. It's a year earlier. It's earlier in the round. Plus, we pick up an extra pick, which makes me think several teams were in the market for him. And he's a good player in his prime. And the Giants, all of a sudden, I know they're not household names, but they're defensive three hundred pounders. They're hog mollies, as their GM likes to say, are pretty good. I mean, Dexter Lawrence has been really good. Um, Tomlinson, it's a good foursome or so of big people on defense. And I assume he's not just going to pack up and leave as the season ends. Yeah, it makes sense for the Jets, for sure. And on the Giants' end, I mean, it is a big number if they tried to franchise tag him for defensive ends. And I assume Williams would argue he's more defensive end than defensive tackle. And so that could be, I mean, that's a lot of money for one year to pay a guy who's not, you know, maybe the biggest sack collector as far as defensive ends go. Yeah, you're right. He's not a huge numbers guy, sack guy, but he's very disruptive. I would say the majority of his career, he demanded a lot of attention, you know, a lot of doubles and people schemed around him. Um, I would think ideally in a traditional sense, he's kind of a 3-4 defensive end that more often than not is going to bump inside, especially on throwing downs. But again, he's not Aaron Donald, Geno Atkins in terms of disruption. Another big man who is a sack collector, J.J. Watt. Bad news there. It looks like J.J. Watt is going to be done for the year. He sent out a heartfelt tweet to his fans. Uh, But the Texans do come out on top, 27-24, but a little bit of a rough go there with the news about J.J. Watt. Yeah, that's horrible. I mean, it's a torn peck. Um, It's not uncommon for those long... That style of player, we just saw Stefan Tuitt do the same thing. That can be really rough on that muscle, and you see those things, and it's a long injury. Um, he's had some – you wonder now. I mean, like, this is purely speculation, but is his body kind of breaking down at this point? He's been so vigorous on it, and he's had some big injuries lately, but he was playing great. This certainly semi-derails the Texans' you know, chance of – fighting it out with you know, New England or Kansas City. Um, but an impressive win. You know, Watson makes an unbelievable play where he gets kicked in the eye, gets cleated in the eye, throws a touchdown. I mean, it's an all-time type of move. 
Oh, yeah. He's really, really playing well. And give the Raiders credit. I mean, they're a hard team to play against now. That Deshaun Watson throw and, and that play he made getting out of the pocket and just slinging a ball that you're like, oh, did he even see the receiver there? He's under, I mean, <laughs> right. How do you know he's there? Uh, but that, that was a fun game. And Deshaun Watson, fun to watch. J.J. Watt, also fun to watch. And it was awesome to see him come back. And 16 sacks last year, uh, still great after massive injury that he already came back from, now torn peck. And so that's a rough one. J.J. Watt done for at least the year now in Houston. He's done so much for the Houston area. I think game of the week here, Sunday night football, and it was a good one. Speaking of fantastic throws, Aaron Rodgers and Matt Moore both doing big things. The Packers did come out on top, 31-24 over the Chiefs in Kansas City. Packers now 7-1. and Chiefs lose three straight, 5-3 and on the season. Yeah, and three losses at home, too. That's, like, unbelievable for the Chiefs. And... Um, it looks like they'll be fine with Moore as a quarterback. They're not going to just get shellacked week after week, although they have lost some games. Packers are good. Um, they do orchestrate basically the same offense. They throw the ball down the field. Andy Reid's really remarkable. I mean, he's really, really impressive. Um, but the story here to me is Aaron Jones. Is they are they're, It's easy to forget that they don't have Devontae Adams. You know, you look at this passing attack, and before the season, it was, and still to some degree, boy, it's Devontae Adams and the Pips. You know, I mean, like, who else is the <laughs> right. other, who are the other guys? And Aaron Jones, as a receiver, and the way they're scheming him up has been phenomenal. He's been, you know, kind of the most important guy in that offense lately. And they're spelling him with Jamal Williams, and they got it humming. I mean, sometimes you look at a team and be like, man, things are falling into place for them because it rarely happens in the NFL. And Green Bay, it seems like it might be their year. Like, I'm not predicting they win the Super Bowl, but, you know, when their offense sputtered, their defense was great, and now their offense is coming into its own and the defense is still pretty strong and and they don't have to play Mahomes this week. And they're getting a break here and there, you know, like the Lions game. And just uh, and I'm not saying they don't deserve it. I still think they're clearly one of the best teams in the league. But it's, you know, things are on their side right now. And I misspoke there. It's not three in a row. It's three out of four losses for Kansas City. There was a Broncos win in there. And uh, those were tough games for the Chiefs, even even with Mahomes in there. Three playoff teams. It looks like Colts, Texans, and Packers were those three losses all at home. But you're right, Aaron Jones. And it seems to be a different guy stepping up. Last week it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling with the big, long touchdown plays and uh, only had one catch in this one. Aaron Jones went off seven catches for 159 yards and two touchdowns, and that's just through the air. He also had 67 yards on the ground, averaging over five yards per carry. So, uh, yes, uh, Aaron Jones really stepping up, and and it seems like a different guy stepping up every week. Undrafted guy that's bounced around, Alan Lazard making some plays for the Packers. So uh, once they get Devontae Adams back, look out, because they've figured some things out without him, and he'll he'll just make them that much better. Yeah, and I think it's pretty clear Rodgers is firmly in the MVP conversation right now, too. Definitely, yeah, and and he wasn't putting up huge numbers to start the season, but they were still winning games, and now we're starting to see that come together under a new coaching staff, and uh, yeah, that's scary. Look out, because they're they're getting better, and they could continue to get even better than they are at 7-1 right now. Yeah. All right, more games to get to. We'll hit these rapid fire coming up. This episode is brought to you in part by Roman. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret To lasting longer in the bedroom, get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash 
Locked On NFL. Dudes, listen up. Let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. I've told you about them many times. If you haven't tried it, you're out of your mind. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Guys, I never understood the pill thing. I mean, hey, you're going to make an appointment for an hour from now? I mean, Blue Chew works so much better. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, zero awkwardness. Made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, they have a fantastic deal for all of you listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment totally free when you use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL. All you're paying is $5 shipping, and you're getting way more than $5 worth of product. And the promo code is locked on. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them a great deal for sponsoring the podcast. All right, good. I don't have to make an apology this week, Matt. I had uh, I had guaranteed the Browns loss after Jarvis Landry had guaranteed the Browns win over the New England Patriots. The final there, 27 Where'd the score go? 27-13. Yeah, there we yeah. go. 27-13. Patriots just rolling. 8-0. Browns. Man, that hype machine really collapsing for Cleveland right now with a 2-5 and five record on the season. Yeah, and I've kind of mixed feelings about this. Is I've set the bar recently so low for the Browns that I kind of feel like this might even be their best game of the year considering the defense they played against mm-hmm. and the opponent. And Chubb was really rolling. The defense played pretty well. But there was a stretch there where Chubb fumbles. And, of course, they take it to the scoop and score, take it to the house, as they do so often. And then next carry, the next series, the next time he touches the ball, next play, he fumbles uh, and really takes points off the board for the Browns. And then Mayfield throws an interception shortly after. Like, there was a three inter, you know, Three, a stretch there where it was just like game over. You can't do that to New England, and New England does that to everybody, and the Browns seem to do it week after week with a lot of undisciplined play. But if you just like watched play after play after play, it kind of seemed like an even game to me. And that's why I said it might have been the Browns' best game of the year execution-wise, but it was also a very Browns type of game in that they hurt themselves again bad they're just very poorly disciplined and Nick Chubb hasn't been a guy that's been dogged by fumbles either I think he only had one other fumble in his career besides those two so yeah the the ball not bouncing their way and that's how things are going for the Patriots right now sort of making their own luck to a certain extent but um, just still rolling and Patriots 8-0 it's it's gonna be uh, obviously, Patriots in the playoffs here. Who's going to join them in the AFC now becomes the question, and uh, I think that picture is starting to get a lot more clear as well, and it is not going to be the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I'm with you. We've got the Jets at Jaguars. Jags win it at home. Gardner Minshew, I love his pocket presence. He seems to do something magical and, and make a play just about every week. 29-15 Jaguars over the Jets, the Jags now an even four and four on the year. Jets one and six. 
Yeah, and I think a good way to do this is compare and contrast the backfields here in that Minshew is playing better than ever, cool, calm, collected, getting a lot of help from the people around him. Fournette is the engine of that offense. And Darnold is had another rough one and was under an awful lot of pressure again. They invested heavily on Le'Veon Bell. They're not getting you know any kind of you know return on that investment really. The Jets are struggling. They just traded Leonard Williams. My hunch is Anderson gets dealt maybe more by the time people maybe even listen to this. And give Jacksonville credit. I mean, they get after the passer. They run the football. Their quarterback's playing well. And they have some weapons on the outside, too. So Jags aren't going away. Leonard Fournette also showing off some wheels. He joined Nick Chubb, who we just talked about, and Matt Breida as the three fastest ball carriers so far on the NFL season. I think it was 21.6 miles per hour or something like that. So hmm. uh, he has a little juice in a straight line, even though he's more of a pound it between the tackles sort of back in Leonard Fournette. Uh, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, I think two years ago, I think he he was number one. Yeah, he right. broke free, I remember, and had like an 80-yarder and had the best miles per hour in the in the league. Just a, but a, you know what? I'm going to take one second. Sure. That makes me a little crazy. Like, I'm not saying whoever's judging that isn't doing it properly or – Whoever has the gun on the, the miles per hour is wrong. But you can't tell me Leonard Fournette moves faster than Tyreek Hill. It's strange because and it and it's <laughs> it's it's only ball carriers too. So I just wonder if they're big guys, yeah. The, the the wide receivers don't have the opportunity after the catch to have top speed as much as some of the players like running backs when you're when you break out a long run and you have that opportunity to run straight for a long time, the wide receiver Let's say they make a deep reception. They've already used their speed up before they get the ball because these are the fastest ball carriers. I think if we found who the fastest okay. guys, okay. period, were in the league, I think it would probably be a lot of gunners and people on special teams who had that opportunity with no ball in their hands to just run in a straight line and get down the field. So um, that is a stipulation of with the ball in their hand as a ball carrier. So that makes it, I think, a little bit more skewed towards running backs potentially. But you're right. There's some plays where wide receivers, guys like Tyreek Hill, get a, a free run at it, and they're flying. And I agree with you. I'm like, where where are some of these other guys when you're seeing these miles per hour numbers? Right. I mean, you're never going to convince me Leonard Fournette's faster than Tyreek Hill. Right. Exactly. And maybe when you put the pads on, things even out quite a bit. But, um, yeah, that, that is very curious. And I'd like to see more of all those numbers and see where the rest of those. And a lot of them are very close, too. We're talking about, you know, point oh one of a miles per hour, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Let's go to the Saints because Drew Brees, the surprise starter this week, throws Three touchdown passes, and the Saints win at home 31-9 to over the Cardinals. The Saints join the Packers at 7-1. and Yeah, great game by Breeze. I mean, I was certainly in the corner of, why would you start this guy with your bye next week? Yes. You're winning. You should win without him. And no Kamara, and they keep winning. And uh, would Bridgewater have done the same thing? Probably not, but they probably would have got the win. That's a really good defense. Latavius Murray is better than I thought. You know, I mean, I, I was never a fan in Minnesota. I don't like that, that that style of back necessarily. He looks really, really good. He looks fresh. And you look at Arizona, and it's like they, yet another backfield injury. They traded for Kenyon Drake today, too. We forgot about that. Whether I think speaks volumes about where David Johnson is and his recovery and Kyler Murray's searching. They don't drive the ball down the field very much, and that's a tough game. But, boy, New Orleans is the much better team. 
Right. And it's amazing how many teams have had players fill in. We talked about the Packers already. The Saints have they the Saints lose the guy maybe that you think they can't lose in Drew Brees and and go and unbeaten. And then they lose Kamara, Latavius Murray <laughs> right. jumping out there 100 yards rushing, touchdowns and so I think you got to point to the coaching staff and be like amazing job coaching staff and so that means you have a good structure on your team and you can plug guys in and everyone can play well around you and rally. And we're also seeing the same thing in San Francisco, me- missing both starting offensive tackles and the starting cornerback. And then they go and blow out a team like the Panthers, 51-13, the Niners unbeaten. And they use a fullback more than anyone. And I think the running game, people were worried about that because they were missing Kyle Juszczyk as well. But the 49ers haven't flinched and they haven't missed a step with all of these important starters out for them, which has been amazing. So when you talk about coach of the year, I think you got to look at San Francisco. You got to look at New Orleans right now at Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton and the job they've done and how well they've played without some pretty key starters. Absolutely. And uh, Michael Thomas is on a remarkable pace, but let's get to the Niners. I didn't see this coming. I thought this would be a very close game. Um, I, I picked up Cam Newton this week in my fantasy league, and I think that's going to pay off, and it's <laughs> yep. going to be his time soon. Um, but, boy, San Francisco is really good. Bosa, of course, stood out. The pass rush stood out, but it does every week. And my only note here is, boy, Tevin Coleman looks good, too. And Like in a lot of my dynasty leagues for fantasy, I, I bought him heavily as soon as the Niners picked him up and feel pretty justified on that. I mean, I love, love the way he's playing. Um, even with some backs falling around him, I think it's pretty clear he's the man now for your team. It's it's just going to be a, an ongoing committee there in San Francisco. Yeah. It, every week it seems to be different with who's starting, and they all get about 10 carries per game between Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert mixing in there. In different weeks, it's different guys sort of stealing the show, and it seems like each one of those running backs so far for San Francisco has averaged 10 yards per carry in one of those games because they're just rattling off big runs and a lot of that again is the Kyle Shanahan scheme coaching things open some really interesting designs on runs in that game and the offensive line doing such a great job and well coached there and even playing well without Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey so it's been phenomenal on the ground so far this year for the 49ers and there was the four touchdowns for for Coleman having his best game obviously as a 49er so far this year but it's that defense they have the best defensive line in football they got after the young quarterback in Kyle Allen forced him into mistakes. They were frustrated all game long. Nick Bosa was the player of the game there. Three sacks, an interception that he almost took for a touchdown, put a a couple of nice moves on Kyle Allen. But you're right, and this is kind of how I predicted it, that this was going to be the game that Kyle Allen was going to see something he hadn't seen yet. That 49ers defense especially, and that defensive line is ridiculous, and the 49ers aren't going away. Like Every week it's like, oh, maybe this is the team that shows the 49ers aren't that good. The 49ers are that good. Uh, there's still some really tough games on the schedule for them, but um, they're not a fluke right now. No, you know, Emmanuel Sanders chips in. I mentioned how fast and explosive Coleman looked. Those tackles will be back at some point. Jimmy, I thought, played you know maybe his best game, you think? One of, I think the Steelers game was his best game just because mm, yeah. of uh, how good he was against the pressure that was being thrown at him, and it was one of the tighter games. Yeah, that's a good call. So, um, that was my biggest concern with the Niners when comparing them to the Packers and Saints and Patriots was the quarterback passing game, and I'm starting to feel a little more comfortable about it for sure. Right, and 
sort of like the Packers, the 49ers actually can get better because the defense is so great. They get some of those players back. They're throwing their passing game is still, you know, developing Garoppolo still hasn't played a ton of games under Kyle Shanahan, only uh, 15 starts so far. And when you compare them to Matt Ryan's first 15 starts, very similar. And obviously year two was that MVP type season for Matt Ryan under Kyle Shanahan. And, um, you know, they added Sanders. So he'll be incorporated more into the offense, the young receivers developing their Debo Samuel. So the 49ers can get even better. And the defense is absolutely for real. I want to stay in the NFC West here and talk Seahawks over Falcons. Uh, as we both predicted, the Seahawks beating the Falcons 27-20, the final there. Falcons fall to 1-7. and Seahawks 6-2. and And a couple of touchdown receptions for w- rookie wide receiver DK Metcalf. I read a stat today. I think it was Pro Football Focus I read this morning about the Falcons quarterbacks um, stats through three quarters versus the fourth quarter when they're always losing by a million. And Matt Ryan's had a good year. And the first three quarters, their stats are okay. The fourth quarter, their stats are like Hall of Fame, blow you out of the water, garbage time. (laughs) And that's exactly what Schaub was in this one. He was not... I mean, he has a million yards on the stat sheet. Don't overlook at that. Don't think you know too much into that. He was not an asset to this team. The Falcons are a really bad football team, and all you need to know is Russell Wilson. I think threw the ball twenty times. I mean, uh, Pete Carroll to me, this is probably exactly what he wanted. It was twenty-four nothing at the half. Just run the ball, suffocate him out, go across country, get the win, come home, rinse, repeat. All right, we've got a lot more games to get to in segment number three, especially a big win by the Eagles coming up. Okay, the Philadelphia Eagles trying to stay in this thing. They improved to 4-4. Four and four. They go on the road to face a tough Buffalo Bills defense. 31-13, the final there. A convincing win by the Eagles over the Bills. The Bills' second loss on the season there, 5-2. and two. Yeah, this is a game I need to do a little more homework on. Um, I think I picked the Bills. I expected a very close game in Buffalo. Huge win for the Eagles. Much, much needed. I think the Bills can withstand a loss like this. Um, I'm still not sure how good Buffalo is. And it makes me think that their record is a little inflated, to be very honest with you. I think so. And I like the Bills. And I think they can yeah. you know, be a good team and give a lot of teams some trouble. And I do fully believe in the defense but I think you nailed it there. Their their record was a little inflated, even though I think they're a fine team and they're going to be in it. Uh, that AFC playoff picture is going to be very interesting for those teams that are vying for that last wild card spot. And I don't know where the Eagles are going to go, but I'm definitely not going to count them out. Yeah, and real quick note, I mean, these AFC wild card type teams, I know some won, some didn't, but like Indy, Tennessee, Buffalo, not real impressive. <laughs> you know, like I look at the AFC and be right. like, a not so great team or two is going to end up in the postseason. The Los Angeles Chargers thought they might be one of those teams, and they did yeah. pull out a win, seventeen sixteen over the Bears. Uh, a hook field goal, which is I feel bad for Bears fans. What they've gone through the last couple of years, and they their uh, their hearts must be just in a rough place with some of the losses they've had and watching this defense and watching this uh, offense screw things up, watching the kicking game screw things up. Eddie Pinero in this one just hooking one wide left, and the Chargers beat the Bears 17-16. Uh, Chicago's definitely, I mean, they just 
you can't make the playoffs at this point. You're three and four in that division in the NFC. It's just tough. It's a tough season. It's almost you. You would have to go on a crazy run right now. And if they did, they would probably have to make a big move in the next couple of days for a quarterback. Yeah, and it's something they should consider. I hate that the story's the kicker with this team because that's all everyone talked about this offseason. Right. And I would have liked to have seen Nagy try to get the ball a little closer at the end of the game. I mean, the Bears had the ball the entire game. I mean, you talk about dominating time of possession. They just utterly owned the clock. And I think the, the takeaway from Chicago that you get encouraged about was David Montgomery was used and looked like a feature back for the first time this year. That's promising, but I'm pretty sure the words I, I said on Friday when we previewed this game was, I don't want to pick either one of these teams. I'd love them to, I, I want to bet against both these teams. And watching this game, that's the way I felt, felt the whole way. It was like, neither one of these guys is good. You know, they're, they're, neither one are really a good team. I'm not sure how badly one of them is. Like, it's like, you have it, you have it. I mean, blah. Right, yeah, David Gum- Montgomery, 27 carries. I mean, that's a workhorse number there, 135 yards and the touchdown on the ground. New York Giants lose in Detroit, 31-26. Lions, 3-3-1 now. They jump ahead of the Bears in the NFC North, so the Bears now in the cellar there. I think they're clearly a better team than the Bears, I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, Uh they didn't have Slay in this game. Um, I wrote up a little nugget about the Lions, though, that Trey Carson was the starting running back. Like, the fantasy world had to be spinning on that one. I mean, everyone in the world was picking up Johnson, I don't think they have a running back. Like, I would be calling about Melvin Gordon. Yep. Or if you think the season's already shot, you know, they did trade digs that just wait until carry-on comes back, you know, and live with what they have. But they really don't have a running back. I mean, they're going to have to win through the air. Um, and I guess I give New York credit. You know, Saquon looked good. Daniel Jones's stat line is probably better than what he actually put on tape. But he had a nice game against a slayless defense. But... Okay, you know, I mean, I think there's some encouragement with the Giants. And now you have Leonard Williams, so okay. And I don't know if Saquon's 100% yet from his injuries, but uh, 19 carries, 64 yards, that Lions defense doing a good job, you know, with the focus of stopping Barkley and seeing if Danny Dimes, as he is sometimes called, can beat you. <laughs> By the way, if you want to pick up a Danny Dimes t-shirt, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Uh, the lo- the Breaking Tea folks have worked with some of the Locked On hosts and have some interesting shirts. Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania, Minshew Magic, uh, Danny Dimes t-shirts, and the newest, the People's Tight End George Kittle t-shirts just launched for National Tight End Day, which was Sunday. <laughs> All right, the Buccaneers at Titans. Tennessee improves to 4-4, four and four, still in that playoff hunt, 27-23 over Tampa. This is another one that I kind of didn't feel strong about either you know that somebody had the win and it ended up being Tennessee great um notice Jeffrey Simmons quite a bit he's my new man crush I mean I think he's going to be phenomenal uh get a real bargain in a mid to late first round pick there that just had to sit out for a month or so um a little more than that obviously um uh, Tannehill he didn't hurt your fantasy team, but I don't know that he made a strong case that, hey, we got this quarterback thing all locked up. Uh, and John U. Smith was a big contributor today. Great. Um, Mike Evans went bonkers. I mean, that's absolutely no- newsworthy. It's the second time this year that he's just exploded. So he's kind of up and down, but when he's up, wow. And Winston, I can't defend him anymore. I mean, he just turns the ball over too much. He is who he is. I mean, it's hard to win with that guy. 
right? Yeah, that believe him when he shows you who he is. That's uh, wh- that's what Jameis Winston is, and so I think we can put that to bed. And it might be good for some teams. I think he'll have a market, but I, I think if you're the Bucks, you have to start thinking about what you're going to do to get a quarterback that can help you help you win and, and see if he can resurrect his career somewhere else. And the crazy thing to me here is the Mike Evans. I, I had to pause and make sure I heard it correctly. Mike Evans already Tampa's all-time leading receiver. Wow. Which is insane. But this, uh, so you're thinking about it, I'm like, I'm not even sure who he passed. I yeah, mean, that, which is yeah, <laughs> which is pretty telling about that franchise. He's only, what, four years into his career here, and, or five years now into his career, already the leader all-time in Tampa Bay receptions. So. I mean, he's done an awful lot at a very early age, yes. too. He came into the league extremely young. How about this one? I heard, you know, while I was watching the game yesterday, too, Deshaun Watson is the second leading passer in Texans history. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, That's right, even like, crazier. Right. I mean, it's nuts. But, okay, I guess I can buy that. You wow. Know? Okay. Uh, we had an interesting game here, a very Colts type of win, 15-13. to 13. Just edging out the Broncos, Colts staying atop the AFC South at five and two. This is another one. I mean, there's a handful of games here. There are a couple games that I felt like there wasn't a team that deserved to win, but they eventually did. I mentioned that with Tennessee. I mentioned that with the um, what was the other game I was talking about? Oh, the Bears. The Bear game. Yeah, Bears. Too. Chargers. Yeah, Chargers beating the Bears, and uh, yeah, they won. But I kind of felt like. This defense is okay for Indy, but it's not a ton of playmakers. And I really felt like the Chris Harris effect hurt this team a lot. That if if T.Y. Hilton doesn't have a great matchup, they don't have a lot else. You know, I mean, they gave big money to Funchess, which I kind of raised an eyebrow at, but they're not getting it out of him. The tight ends are okay, but, like, they really need a number two receiver. And Hilton's good, but he's not elite. So... Yeah, they got to win. Denver's kind of a mess and good for Indy, but I wasn't impressed with either team. Uh, Also not impressed with the last game here on the slate, which was the Rams beating down, as expected, the 0-8 Bengals. Not impressed by the Bengals is what I'm getting at. Will they trade some pieces off in the next couple of days? We'll find out. Uh, Rams 5-3. They have a tough road to go here because they still are looking up at both the Seahawks and the 49ers in the NFC West, and Cooper Cup, 220 yards receiving. Yeah, I wanted to mention Cup. Wow. Uh, they lost Brandon Cooks early in this game, but Cup is clearly their best receiver. Um, they didn't have to do a lot to win this game, obviously. One little thing I wanted to throw out about the Bengals, though, and I do hope they trade some pieces and start to rebuild this thing in their new coach's likeness, but I know they had five sacks, but they're allowed five sacks, but I actually thought the line played the best it has all year. Like there was some room for mixing. Aaron Donald was on the field and you didn't notice him taking over again. The bar was really low here. I mean, I thought that might've been the worst line in the league, but it looked like it was a little better today. Um, the ball was coming out of Dalton's hands a little bit quicker. So new coach. I mean, I think they're starting to understand a little bit how to mask a dreadful offensive line, but this is a really bad football team. Speaking of the worst line in the league, that probably goes then to the Miami Dolphins, who we will see on Monday night football at 0-6. They are in Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. We'll have it all broken down tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.